Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Good morning and welcome to Trot's Live. It's been a busy old morning, let me tell you. Uh, a couple of hours ago, a little more than two hours ago, an announcement was made on Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. I was there. And we have a new sponsor for the Inter Dominion Series, which returns to Victorian soil for the first time in four years. Um, very soon, as a matter of fact. So uh, watch out for it. And that new sponsor is, would you believe, drumroll, SEN Track. He's going to sponsor the Inter-Dominion Series and to talk more about it, our news hound on the line with our regular Thursday morning segment now on Trot's Life, Tim O'Connor. TikTok, how are you this morning, my friend? Hey, mate. Good to be up and about. I wasn't, well, I was up and about as early as you, but I wasn't in studio. How's your body functioning after getting up that early to uh, deliver that sort of news at 9am this oh, morning? No, I wouldn't say, wouldn't say I'm feeling amazing. Um <laughs> But I decided to leave a lot of form uh, to do as well. So now I'm just absolutely under the bat about oh, 1,400 from home. More than, lap out, more than a lap out. More than a lap out. Generally. Under, under <laughs> duress. The only thing is I I have been, uh, at my age, you get swab pre and post race every single time you go around now. So, uh, yeah, no, I've, I was, uh, the stewards have caught up with me and just said, uh, is he right to race? Um, and uh, my trainer said, "Yes, I know he appears lame, but he's actually he can uh, he can still do the required job." Um, let's talk about this uh, this big announcement. We've um, I sort of spoke uh, to Gareth all about the fact that we've gone through a, a bachelor type situation, um, courting potential sponsors, but mm. uh, it's actually wonderful news for for you and I and others that work at SEN Track as well. It feels like. Um, your uncle's sponsoring your own bar mitzvah or something here. That's it's quite wonderful to have SEN yeah, Track on board to uh, sponsor the Inter Dominion series this year. Yeah, it's fantastic. I heard you this morning by talking to Gareth about it, um, and you put it really well. I was, I mean, sponsorship announcements. Let's be honest. Generally speaking, uh, you don't get that excited about them unless you're probably involved in them in some way. So I was like you. I was quite excited by it. Uh, obviously, having a, a tiny uh, hand in doing some things with SEN Track. But, but I think what you said this morning, that the fact that it's a progressive business and, uh, you know, it, it's it's taking it to the new age. It feels like there's a lot of opportunity and scope for some fun things to happen with SEN Track as an aiming right sponsor for the Inter-Dominion. That's what I'm most excited about. So um, I'm not not sure what, what what's in store, I guess, from, from SEN Track, but uh, what I, I'm confident that it'll be exciting, fun, and will bring a, a real energy to the series, which kicks off on November 26. Well, what you do know, and again, this isn't um, no one's ever accused me of being a sycophant, so that's not that's not the uh, the genesis or the the reason that I'm saying this stuff. But you know that Hutchie and uh, Sam Thompson and Jules Bayard and the, and and all the team are going to be sitting around spitballing ideas, and then those ideas are going to go to Rainmaker and and the team that we've worked with there. 
and they're going to be excited about trying to do the innovative things, which we want to do anyway, if you know what I mean. So everybody's going to be coming up with these ideas. You know the broadcasting uh, experience at Geelong, at Ballarat, at Shepparton, and of course at Tabcourt Park, Melton, is going to be first rate, and not just now from a TV perspective, but you know the radio is going to be amazing. Um, The promotion that we're going to get here on SEN Track, which we already do get amazing promotion for all three codes, but they are now invested in this Inter-Dominion series in the same way that Harness Racing Victoria are, which is is, is pretty amazing. And we we love all of our sponsors, don't get me wrong, but um, what you've said and what I said this morning, it's about the fact that we know having been in here and, and, and work with these guys and knowing knowing how they operate, that it, it really is an exciting thing on a number of levels. The promotion that you can get when you're working with a broadcasting team like you get here at SEN Track, but also the fact that SEN Track is young and new and fresh and exciting, um, which is something that Harness Racing can leverage off hardcore going into this ID series. That's spot on. That that last couple of sentences there from you, Bonnet, really exactly what I was trying to get at. It's it's fun. SEN Track and SEN Hutchie and the crew, they're progressive. You know that it's not just going to be the same old Inter-Dominion series. There's going to be fun things happen. Uh, the broadcasts are going to be first rate. There's going to be some different things. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't know if it's going to happen, but the SEN Survivor concept of... Uh, of uh, people being able to tip, try and tip the card and, and battling yeah. their way through a card. I, I would assume that that would be brought up in conversation. Things like that I love. So let's get so many people, more in people involved. And SEN Track, as you said, already been a, a wonderful supporter of harness racing. This is just going to take it to another level. So, uh, yes, it may, to most people, just be a, you know another old sponsorship announcement. Uh, having worked in a newspaper, I probably wouldn't get as excited over these things over the journey. But this one, I genuinely am. I was wrapped when I heard it yesterday. Um uh, you know, I was really excited uh, for a number of reasons, but I just think it's um, we're gonna we're gonna see the benefits uh, just with a progressive bunch of people there at SEN Track. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be really really good. And I'll tell you what, well done to everyone involved. Not that I um, not that I am quite as committed to uh, living in the rumor middle of the rumor files as I once was, but I'm guarantee you, I didn't. I don't know about you, I didn't hear a whisper. That, that I didn't, whatever no, was going on was going on behind closed doors because uh, working at Harness Racing Victoria and SEN Track, I, I was absolutely none the wiser when I found out. I found out yesterday, late yesterday. Um, I did threaten to uh, drop the news on uh, Wednesday night trackside with Damien Watson last night at 6pm. Um, would have been the only winner I backed all night. But um, no, so I, I was the same. I, I was very surprised to hear it, but just as wrapped as well. So that's the big news off the top, J Bond. That's the SCN. I've got to get you got to get used to this. The SCN track, Inter Dominion Grand Final for 2000. I can hear Dan Malecki's voice already calling it at Melton on December 10. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be something special. And um, it, it is. I, I know what you're saying about sponsorship announcements. I'm a bit the same over the years, but uh, this one is is really really good. That's now, great. before we go to uh, the first break here, and we've got some um, some horse news we want to get to. After the first break, particularly for um, this weekend's racing, we split it between Tabcourt Park, Melton on Friday night and Beckley Park, Geelong down there on Saturday night. But this one's really important. So Sunday week, we're going back to Maryborough for the Redwood Rattler or the Redwood Rattler experience, hopefully, for Redwood Day, which also includes the Victoria Trotters Derby. Now, this is one of the great experiences you can have in life if you love the trots and if you love the camaraderie of 
racing people, and I'm, I'm talking to you, those people on the Twitterati, I'm talking to you, uh, lovers of SEN track and Trot's life and everything we do here. So explain what the Redwood Rattler is, first of all, because we need to get bookings up fast to get it going. It is an experience that you, you can't replicate, and not even you've experienced it yet, Talk. No, well, I, I know what well, I think I know what it is. Uh, I can explain what the, at least the concept is, and I might get you to speak to uh, actually how fun it is. So the, the, the Redwood Rattler is a train. It will leave Southern Cross Station in Melbourne at around 7am, so uh, you've got to get up nice and early, but trust me, it'll be worth it. So 7am at Southern Cross Station, it'll head through all the way to Maribor. It'll stop at Bacchus Marsh, Melton, and Ballarat en route. I'm going to jump on at Ballarat, no doubt about it. And it uh, the tickets are $130. You might think uh, that's a bit steep, but I'll tell you what, you, this is what you get. You get the return rail fare. So if you're going from Melbourne to Maryborough and then all the way back again, and uh, you, you'll get that covered. You'll also get the track entry to the Maryborough races on Sunday, a two-course a two course roast lunch, a race book, a stubby holder, a $20 punters club ticket. Oh, I'm pretty sure that Darren Carroll is running the punters club, and from what I've seen, he does not lose. Uh, and also a draw, a ticket in the draw for a $2,000 gold nugget. So, um, look, it's a pretty bloody good deal. I'm very excited to be going on it for the first time. It hasn't been run since 2019, but I guess we won't sugarcoat it, but I think it's, we need to get it out there that it's quite urgent. I was speaking to Les Chapman, uh, the, who runs uh, the Maryborough Harness Racing Club, and look, he, he needs some numbers, and he needs them fast. Uh, Sunday is really, or Sunday midnight is really when he needs to cut off because he needs to, to book this train, lock it in uh, for the following Sunday. So, um, look, we need, you know, roughly at least another 60 or 70 to make sure this gets up and going because it would be a horror shame if it, if it didn't. Oh, I'm, and I'm telling you, having I've been on the Redwood Rattler, I reckon three times. Um, now, it, it is not for the faint-hearted. I, I, we, I'm not going to sugarcoat this side of it. It is urgent, but I'll tell you what, it will be a brutal day for you. It is extraordinarily <laughs> fun, but you get up in the morning. You're on the, um, under the bat early, under the bat under the early. Bat early <laughs> I, I would suggest people don't go too hard because they are serving. They're serving drinks. There is a uh, there's a drinks bar there. Don't go too hard too soon, but simply to be able to hang around. But it's just like taking a, a massive party bus, in this case a party locomotive, all the way down to the races with all the people that you love hanging out with anyway, or that you'd like to meet. I'm talking about. There's going to be plenty of trotting type celebrities on there. There's even uh, members of the HRV executive that have taken it over the years. There's owners. There's breeders. And there's people so passionate about harness racing. And if you love a chat about the trots or a chat about racing, you will get every chat you've ever imagined between uh, Melbourne all the way to Maryborough and all the way back. Now, save yourself for the way back. I'll be jumping on on the way back. And again, you just want to make sure you're not absolutely at the end of your tether by the time you jump back on the train. And it comes all the way back. And you'll get back in the city around... I don't know, ten thirty at night or something like that, or maybe a little bit earlier, and that doesn't have to be the end either. But and and I think I'll uh, <laughs> I haven't told my wife yet, but I think I might even take it all the way back to Melbourne and, and we'll get back to Ballarat some other way. But uh, like I can't wait for it. I, I really I'm really really looking forward to it. As I said, it hasn't been run since two thousand and nineteen, owing to to many reasons which we all know about. But um, 
Yeah, I, I really can't wait for this. So just if though, if, if, if there's people that are thinking about it, and I know what it's like, and you're the same as me, but we leave these things to the last minute. We just can't. We need to lock it in now. If you're keen to go or have been thinking about it or even just have heard about it for the first time today, jump on the trots.com.au website under the event space. Uh, it's the Aldebaran Park Redwood Carnival tab, Redwood Rattler. So jump on board, 130 bucks. That'll get you from Melbourne or anywhere along the way, all the way to Maryborough. A great day at the race. There's a heap of food, drink, a punters club ticket, and a heap of fun. So get behind that. Yep. And uh, again, I just want to reiterate, it is it is amazing fun. And I, I can guarantee you, in my opinion, the only reason that the numbers aren't where they should be now, every year it was on, they got the numbers early and fast because everyone who's ever been on the Redwood Rattler wants to go again. But it's only because of these last couple of years People have obviously forgotten yeah. about it, and, and because of that pandemic situation, I think it's just out of sight, out of mind. We've told you once, we're going to keep telling you pretty much every day between now and where we need to get those numbers up on Sunday. I will hit up, as will you, talk Gareth Hall and others, to spread the word, because you know what would be so good is to have not only the regulars who we enjoy the company of, but, you know, 20 or 30 uh, SEN track family members yeah. who listen in who uh, who want to come for the ride because I'm telling you, uh, honestly, uh, I can't give you a money-back guarantee. I won't do that, but I'll give you an absolute guarantee you'll have the time of your life. We're going to go for a break, come back here on Trot's Life and then talk horses, talk I'm Ready Jet, um, talk Just Hope, talk Kowalski analysis and much, much more when we return from this first break on the Thursday edition of Trot's Life right here on SEN. He wasn't yesterday, the Wombat, Toby McKinnon, and he'll be back next Thursday, but not today. Today, a uh, brand new segment. Well, it's been around for a few weeks now, but Tim O'Connor, New Sound at Harness Racing Victoria, joining me to, uh, to update the world on a number of things we've already touched on. Uh, everybody should know now that SEN Track have signed on as uh, naming sponsorship partners for the Inter-Dominion Series later in the year here in Victoria. We desperately need... People to sign up to be on the Redwood Rattler. Um, just quickly, talk. This is a question without notice, but can we give? Uh, can we make it easier on people? How, how do? How do they actually do that? How do they actually book? Yeah. Go to the trots.com.au. I'll actually be putting up a, a bit of a story on the, on the homepage in the next hour. Um, but also, if you go to the trots.com.au, there's uh, an events space there. I'm just looking at it here. So there's an event space um, and it's under there, the Aldebaran Park tab Redwood Rattler. So jump in there. It's on, on the homepage. You'll find it. And if, if you can't find it under the tabs, uh, I'll have a story up uh, shortly as well with a link in that story. So And we'll, I'll put it across um, Twitter, Facebook, uh, maybe even Instagram if I'm good enough. But uh, yeah, HRV social and website channels. Yeah, I love, uh, I love the little link there. That always makes it easy for people, particularly people like me who can't find anything. So uh, link it up in that story, and I'm sure that uh, the numbers will skyrocket. Yeah, quickly. Right, um, some horse news. You've spoken to Nathan Jack. Uh, Bad news about Just Hope, but we sort of got the impression from his his demeanour on Victoria Cup night, of course, when Just Hope was scratched from the Oaks, that it wasn't good news for her, and we know how much he loves Just Hope. But better news about... A very, 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 very gifted trotting man named I'm Ready Jed who returns to the racetrack for the True Roman Trotters Free for All this weekend. 
Yeah, that's right. I, I rang Nathan just to have a quick chat about I'm Ready Jet. That was the reason for the call. and uh, Just to get his thoughts about... Because he's been... Um, he won't mind me saying this, but he, I think he... Well, he said to me... He's, uh, told every man and their dog how good this horse is. He thinks uh, she's a star. I mean, sure, he is a star, but I think he thinks she can take him uh, all over the joint. And, um, yeah, so he's really, really looking forward to partnering her on Friday night, as you said, in the in the True Roman Trotters free-for-all at uh, Melton. That's the last of the golden ticket races, too, into the Inter-Dominion heats, uh, which start in late November. But, yeah, look, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't sort of a newsy-type discussion with Nathan, but it was just a more of a, you know, how keen are you on this girl? And, look, he couldn't be more bullish. She's driven Dance Craze to, to many... She Sorry, he drove Dance Craze to many big wins, and um, he's putting I'm Ready Jet above her. Uh, probably, I think he said equal. You know, she's as fast as Dan's craze, but a bit stronger. And, um, yeah, he just absolutely loves her. He's loved her two trials. Look, there's bigger fish to fry for her going forward than the, the race on Friday night at Melton. Uh, she's drawn barrier seven two, which is a little bit sticky in a nice field. But, um, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe we should start looking at, at some future bets with her. Just off off the, the bullishness of Nathan, you know, the Inter-Dominions, obviously, I would think on her radar. And then the Great Southern Star, which she ran well in last year. That'll be up in February next year. So just a, a really positive report on I'm Ready Jet, Bon. I, I mean, we're all excited about Queen Elida and a number of others. But this one might be the one that we've been waiting for. That might be about a trump them all. Well, we know how good she is. Um, I must admit, I'm in love with Queen Elida at the moment as well. Uh, it'll, it'll be great. It's amazing to have a couple of mares right at the top of their game to take on the big boys. Uh, all the news we hear from across the Tasman talkers that if Bolt for Brilliance uh, comes here and a couple of others, but particularly Bolt for Brilliance for the Inter Dominion series, he'll literally toy with ours, and that creates. You know, I write. I think I even wrote in uh, in an article for the Herald Sun. Earlier in the week, I think the trotting, the trans-Tasman trotting rivalries are going to be uh, better than the pacing ones. Uh, and, and, and I think the build-up mm. might even be better. It's going to take us a little while. Rock and Roll Do's got to get through the the um, the New Zealand Cup before we even know if he's contesting the Inter-Dominion Series. So arguably the horse that we now rate is the best going around may or may not be in the Inter-Dominion. I don't think Self-Assured's going to be there. All of a sudden, in a weird way... This um, this trotting into Dominion series might be more exciting than the bases. I think you're right. Yeah, you make a really good point. Um, look, uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. You got Olavici in this race. Uh, he has gone to a new level. He's been fantastic. Uh, look, don't forget Majestuoso. There's just so many trotters out there that um, could win it. Good luck to any Kiwis coming over. I was probably of that opinion six months ago, Bon, and it probably took something you said just to say. I just kept putting all the Kiwis way above us for no real reason other than reputation and. They come over here, like I know. I just I've changed my opinion. So good luck to them coming over and beating this crop. I reckon our trotting uh, stars here are just superb. And just one we didn't touch on too. Obviously speaking to Nathan was just hope you mentioned uh, his top filly. She was scratched before the Victoria Trotters Oaks with signs of lameness. It's not great news. Uh, she's had two screws put in, one in uh, each hind fetlock. Nathan tells me so. That's about probably going to rule her out for about six months away from the races, but. Look, he's hopeful and confident that she'll get back uh, back racing and she'll be fine. But uh, look, a significant layoff for Just Hope. She's already a is she a one time? She's a, maybe a two time Group One winner. She's a, a real ripper. So hopefully, and fingers crossed, she gets back to her best soon. Uh, now, I haven't actually written up the form for Geelong Cup not yet, but uh, the the most interesting runner of all, virtually, uh, is Kowalski Analysis. We know 
how highly he was rated at one point, uh, previously trained by Matty Craven, now with David Lewis. Have you got any news for us? Because he's only trialled once, I think, in preparation for his return to the races at Hamilton. He uh, ran second in that trial, but there's no vision that I can find of it. And I want to know what price I'm marking him, whether he's likely to win. Where are we at with Kowalski analysis? Yeah, I had a quick chat to David, uh, first time I've spoken to David, so um, nice to meet him, a lovely fella, and we had a bit of a chat about Kowalski analysis. So I didn't realise, Bond, that he actually owns Kowalski analysis, so yeah. I, I wondered how he got a hold uh, of the horse. Of course, Kowalski analysis uh, ran in the, the first version of the Rising Sun from memory up in Queensland, so uh, a really talented horse, but just has been struggling of late. You would have seen that through the horse's recent runs. I mean, we haven't seen the horse run since uh, the 7th of May when running 9th at Melton, but... Basically, after the Queensland campaign, uh, there was some issues like a bug or a virus of some sort, and uh, they treated it with antibiotics, uh, David tells me, and that had some issues with the stomach, uh, or Kowalski analysis, a stomach. So just a, a real uh, sort of messy situation. The horse uh, really struggled with that antibiotic treatment, I think, and just hasn't been able to get back to his best, as you would have seen in recent runs. So... Uh, Matty has given the horse back to David, who, as I said, owns the horse, and he's just working uh, this horse. He said uh, the sprint uh, of this horse is just phenomenal, but he was really uh, just being cautious on on Saturday night at Geelong first up. He's not expecting much, to be fair. Um, He's says the horse has got a devastating sprint as quick as any horse he's ever driven uh, but he's just worried about that race pressure and you know potentially you know it's it's as we know we've said it a million times it's easy to to uh trial and work well at home but then when you get into a race and and, and things heat up it's different so i wouldn't be uh expecting too much i think they'll drift back from barrier seven bond and hope to come with one run and hit the line and, and hopefully can run really well but um Bottom line is the sprint's there still with uh, Kowalski analysis. We've just got to wait and see if the the ability under pressure's there as well. But great to see him back. He, he's a very nice horse, but let's just uh, hope he can uh, get back to winning ways soon. He hasn't won since uh, November 2020 at Hamilton. It's been a while out of the winner's stall. So the, but the, the take-home point there is still that he feels like the horse is back on track. Speed-wise, yeah. yes. Okay. Uh, just not, um, not, not sure about you know the gut buster or, or a race, a big race. But look, if he sat, I got the feeling if he had a cold, I think it's only nine in the field, Bon or something. If he got, you know, if he sat three back the outside and they just went a bit hard up front, I get the feeling over 400, 500 meters, uh, he could zip past him. He, he was wrapped with his turn of foot, but just he's not expecting much. Was his phrase? I'm not expecting much on Saturday night. So. Uh, I don't know how you're going to frame that, or, or what, what's, or how the tab's going to frame that. It's an interesting one, but um, I wouldn't be getting. I think he just wants to see him get back to some some form. Well, I'll be marking him on top and around the two dollar twenty mark, and um, I think that's going to be close to right because if he was, if if he knew he was a hundred percent right, Kowalski analysis, he'd be a dollar ten. Um, so yeah, I must that's admit, how good is, is. is the rivals? There's not a heap in there to, to beat him. You don't think? Well, the the, the rivals are Dad and Dave, uh, Vincenzina, who I've got a good, good opinion of, but drawn awkwardly. And then you've got uh, Ruben Spite, Ira Paul. They're all nice horses. Kowalski analysis has got you know Group One ability, um, but if they do go back, we know how hard it can be. Geelong is neither the most leader biased or the most um, you know the fairest track going around it somewhere in between. But if he's, as you say, if they run it, if they run it even half quickly enough and he can peel out and roll, I think he'll still beat them. But um, you might get a better price than you otherwise would 
due to the circumstances. It's been great having a chat talk and um, talking about the Redwood Rattler, which we need to get people for, the SEN track sponsorship, but also catching up on some of that horse news. That's crucial in this segment. So appreciate your time. We'll catch up. Talk soon. Thanks, mate. There's top. We're going to go to the news now, find out what's happening in the world. Back with the Candyman, Gregory Roscoe Sugars. Hello and welcome back to Trot's Life, Thursday edition. Uh, we are going to be speaking with Greg Sugars in just a moment. He's not with us yet, I don't believe, but uh, I'm intrigued to ask him about, well, we might go to Geelong first and then duck back to Tabcourt Park, Melton and everywhere in between. Uh, a couple of big races at Beckley Park. My home for 30 years. What do I want? Not Beckley Park, just Geelong. I didn't, I, I didn't live at Beckley Park for 30 years, but they've got the Haraz des Trotteurs, McNamara Memorial Trotters Cup at Group 3 level and also the Devcon Properties Geelong Pacing Cup at Group 2 level and he's on the line now. How are you, Candyman? Very well, thanks, Jaybon. Uh, let's talk about the Geelong Pacing Cup. First of all, it's an amazingly even field, but Triple Eight, I'm liking this profile. Third up from a break, two solid runs, only going to improve off them and critically for a horse like him, shouldn't get too far out of his ground from there because the key with this horse, Bart, as you call him at home, you've got to be within striking distance, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to be in that position without, you know, um, expelling too much energy early to get in, the, in that position. So from the draw on paper, it, it looks pretty pretty favourable for him. And as you say, he's had two runs under his belt where he's, he's been pretty well looked after. Um, where he's lobbed in the run, so he's ready to go. Where, where do you? What do you think is going to happen in this race? Because I was looking at it initially before I looked at the markets and thought, well, Macdan will probably um, kick up for a period, and then maybe Tango Tara, maybe Willie Go West, maybe Macdan only second up from a long break takes a trail. But the the, the money and the support and the price for Macdan suggests to me he's likely to lead. I'm not sure it's going to make that much difference either way to your role, you, you probably, the only thing you don't want to end up, you just don't want to end up probably doing the work in the breeze outside anyone. Yeah, that's about right. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do to, with, uh, with Mac Dan. Um, obviously he's been, he's proven a very good front runner and he's proven well and truly at this level, even racing at a higher level. So, um, yeah, if the camp are pretty confident with him, I would imagine they'd be pretty keen to hold the front because they reckon the horse is, uh, um, you know, pretty spot on. So, uh, yeah, as far as where I end up in the run, I'm, you know, probably dictated uh, to by what a few of the other wider runners do and whether anyone makes mid-race moves. So uh, we know that, you know, I'm, I'm sort of uh, probably got my hands tied a little bit in that respect. But, yeah, hopefully... From our point of view, we um we end up in a favourable position. I uh, I did message you a better half a couple of days ago and said this would be a, a special win, wouldn't it, with Mel Park Major, the great Donny winning four, uh, Jess's old man Alan Tubbs in 2013, and she said um, we tried to do that in the Vic Cup. That's where we were trying to do it. Um, this might be half a step down, and I said the Geelong Cup is not a step down, Jess. This is the race everyone wants to win because this is where I come from. That's right. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's one of the better country cups, obviously, in the Victorian calendar. So yeah, we'll be doing our best to win it, and we'll be uh, 
very proud if we are there uh, holding the cup up, that's for sure. Now, you must have been absolutely thrilled, not not at the fact that you didn't win the race, but how well one overall went first up from a break. It was just a phenomenally good run. I'm not going to put you under further yeah, pressure. Yeah, um, as you know, I touched on uh, a couple of weeks ago um, in an interview with you that I rate the horse very highly, um, but it's just, you know, he his sort of ring craft lets him down or his racetrack manners can sort of be in his undoing, but he's certainly got his fair share of ability. So it was, yeah, extremely pleasing to see that, um, yeah, one, he behaved himself pretty well and sat in there good and, you know, showed his ability late. So with that run under his belt, he should be improved upon um, as far as fitness goes. And, yeah, it'd be, uh, as long as his uh, A-grade manners are there on um, Saturday night, then you'd think, yeah, he'd have to be a really red-hot chance again. Do you reckon he can step even better here now that he's um, he's gone back to the stand there? Because quite often, if they haven't been there for a little while, we know that, uh, well, I, my opinion is the mobile racing makes it harder to step from the strands because you're trying to fire them up off the gate. Now that he's been there first up from a break, are you confident he'll step well on Saturday night? Yeah, I think so. And probably being out wide too will help um, get a bit of a walk-up at it and, and go. So, um, yeah, I think that having the benefit of that run will really help him a lot because previously his uh, stand-start manners have been, you know, very good, um, especially back in back in New Zealand. So, yeah, hopefully that run of his belly will, will uh, begin a lot better. Now we might just duck back to Friday night for a moment uh, where the racing is at Tabcourt Park Melton and there's feature racing there as well. Exactly how naturally gifted he's naturally gifted who goes around in the Tatlow Stakes for the baby boys. Yeah, very nice horse. Um, very happy to have him in, in our camp. Um, he's only been here a bit over a week now, so we're still sort of getting to know him a bit. But um, he's obviously performed very well right throughout this season up in Sydney and uh, and raced you know in all the all the nice races up there. So very talented horse. Um, draws probably a bit tricky for him. Um, so he's going to need a bit of uh, good fortune somewhere in the run to say he's a winning chance in this. But I think ability wise, he's um, he's probably as good as anything in the race. Uh, do we chance our arm with moments like these? Uh, I think we were both happier than we were expecting to be with her first up run, um, but she is against the heavy hitters off the second row again. Do you have a little lash and say, we'll try and get across and then wait for one of the good ones to come and um, take over from us? Or do you think to yourself, no, that was actually a confidence builder last start. We're not going to do anything silly. We'll we'll go back and if we can chase them home and run into the top five or six, we'll be happy. Yeah, I think that's probably more the more likely scenario there. Um, yeah, she's shown plenty of times in the past that she can run the gate, but she's probably a little bit vulnerable when she does that. So, yeah, against these um, superstars off the back, um, even though if we uh, lose our advantage and end up behind them, it's obviously going to be hard to, to compete um, with them. But I think she races best doing little as possible early. So, um, yeah, I'm probably going into the race with that sort of mentality, thinking that, yeah, if we... Look after her early. She's uh, a better chance of finishing off strong late. And uh, I don't know how much you've chatted with Chris Lang about Ultimate Stride. It wasn't that long ago where we thought to ourselves, gee, he might be the next big thing. And then another next big thing came up. And then another next big thing. And then another one, Queen Elida and Olivetti and all the rest of it. And Ultimate Stride sort of felt felt like he's been left behind a little bit. But on ability, we know he's he's probably as good as any of them. Where is he at, according to Christy? Have you had a good chat in the lead-up to the True Roman uh, Trotters free-for-all on Friday night? No, unfortunately I haven't. But, yeah, you're spot on there that um, yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, he, he did look like he's going to be one of the better ones around. And 
yeah, whether he's just lost his way a little bit in recent times, I'm not really 100% sure, so I can't shed a lot of light on that. But, um, yeah, we know if he uh, does produce his A game, he's uh, well and truly up to a race like this. But, yeah, I'm not not 100% sure whether he is um, where he needs to be at this point in time. Now, we might as well, because we haven't got a tipster on today, uh, very quickly go through today's runners at Cranbourne, and you just give me a yes, no, or a maybe, because... I keep forgetting to book my team in for the uh, Harness Charity Challenge, so I need a winner somewhere along the line. Uh, race one, Mr. Walker, yes, no, maybe? Um, maybe. I can't tell you much about it until I see Jeff uh, when I get there today. Uh, race two, you should know more about this one, Rio Rock, yes, no, or maybe? Uh, yes, I'm ready to go. Uh, is that a double yes or a one yes? At, uh, it's just a one, yes. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you can't tell me a hell, hell, hell of a lot about it. Have you met it either in race three? Uh, no, but I give it a really good chance. So that's a yes as well. I trialled against it uh, last week where I drove actually drove Matriarch for David Miles, which came out and won um, well the other day. So good form line for it. Um, yeah, it, won, it won the trial beating Matriarch. So, yeah, give it a massive chance today. All right, that's one tuck and one no tuck, Lupe. That's two yeses and one maybe so far. Race four. This might be a no. You reckon I'm sweet? Uh, yeah, I'll go no. All right. We've got, well, we've got two yeses and maybe and a no. Race five. Pretty easy for Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, I have, unfortunately, I have to say no again. Uh, maybe a minor place chance. Is that 5.50 and what I'm looking at right now might, might be a bit short then. Um, race six. Groom. Groom. Uh, it's a maybe. Uh, yeah funny horse to follow when it puts it all together goes really nicely but again he's a bit like one overall his racetrack manager can let him down at times so yeah definite maybe uh definite maybe it's a, we're going oasis now definitely mate all right race seven no win no worries first up from a break for jamie madruga uh i'll probably no first up um but yeah it wouldn't surprise me to see it bob up in the near future and i'll tell you one thing i haven't looked at i'm not looking at the um the tab prices, I'm just looking at the uh, harness racing, uh, 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 harness fields here on on the harness racing website, the trots.com.au or uh, harness.org.au. But holy stars, there's got to be some sort of hope, doesn't it? Is this, more, is this a yes slash maybe or is this too, too hard? Is there a couple in here like repelling and that that might be too good? Um, yeah, I'd have to put it down as a maybe, but yeah, <laughs> slightly leaning towards the yes side of the maybe. Um, she's very good last time. Uh, Around, but she's a sort of dower mare. Um, so yeah, if she doesn't find the front, which I don't think she will today, um, sometimes yeah, driving them to their strengths can set the race up for someone else. And my, the final question is: if you could only, you were very good with Just Believe um, on Victoria Cup night in the Bill Collins Sprint, uh, making him the best of your chances. If it was between one overall and Triple Eight winning one of the two big races at Beckley Park on Saturday night, which one would you lean with? Oh, tough one. Um, Be careful. We can both let you down for different reasons, but uh, I'll maybe stick with the trotter. I was very impressed with what he did, so really hoping that he uh, produces those uh, A-grade manners um, on Saturday night. Yeah, I'll go with him. Very much appreciate your time, Candyman. Safe driving. Thank you. There he is, Greg Sugar, is one of the uh, one of the absolute superstars of the sport here in Victoria and Australia wide. If you didn't get some information there, I mean, I can't do any more for you. We've got yes, nos, and maybes for Cranbourne today. We've learned a little bit about one overall, about Triple Eight, 
and about those runners on Friday night. So um, do with that information as you please, but you've been well informed. Time for another break on Trot's Life. Back in a moment. You're listening to Thursday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Hello and welcome back to Trot's Life. Hopefully you're enjoying wherever you are. It's going to be a beautiful day in Melbourne. 22 degrees, I'm told. I'll give you some tips. Um, There's only a short segment here. I'll give you my early thoughts for Geelong, but I'm just looking up this. Um, you know when you go on Twitter and, it, and there's trending items, but you had no idea what they were trending? There's, there's like a line about everything you need to know about the James Corden drama. And I was like, I, don't, I didn't know there was any drama around James Corden, but apparently he's a tiny cretin of a man. Ricky Gervais has been trying to tell us that for a fair while, I think so. He does seem like a bit of a cretin to me as well. So, But I'll, I'll learn about that drama soon. Here's some tips for Geelong Cup night. Um, we'll be going through the Friday form panel. I haven't yet decided. Uh, might contact Dan Maleki a little bit later on today whether the Friday form panel is entirely dedicated to Geelong or whether we mix and match the Melton races tomorrow night with those at Beckley Park on Saturday night. But here's some initial thoughts. So race one is very tough. But Kendy's Butterfly, drawn the pole, I think will be very hard to beat. I think it's going to be my on-top selection in the first event on the card. Race two, um, big fella we know, Tim O'Connor and others are involved in the ownership of a horse now with Emma Stewart called Where's the Gold? It should be winning. I've marked it. Relatively short odds, but I'm more than prepared that it might start a lot shorter than I've marked it. So I'll mark it at $1.80, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's even shorter. Major, major, the major danger. So that again, major, major, the major danger. Not bad, that. Um, But where's the gold? Looks the one to beat. Hugo Maguire, a former Kiwi, now with Brent Lilly, uh, in the ownership of John Wilkinson and others. They've got an amazing record, haven't they, of bringing these horses over from New Zealand. And I've watched a couple of the replays from Hugo Maguire and his two runs this campaign across the Tasman. He's good. He's really good. He'll be winning a lot better races than this. Um, he'll be, he will be a dollar 10, 20, 30 a maximum. Hugo Maguire and he'll be winning. Uh, the Bowen facilities maintenance, two-year-old pace. Uh, Lang trot final is going to be a great race. Chris Lang, isn't he flying Chris Lang? Um, he was always going to uh, uh, post comeback. It took a little bit of time, but he's a genius. And uh, Rogue Gentleman looks the one to beat there. Elder Baron Misty, the hardest to beat. I thought Tripod had a hope, but it's been removed. Um, next best, maybe Captain McCraw. You'd throw Carnera in the mix, maybe. But I think Rogue Gentleman to beat Elder Baron Misty looks the way to go there. First leg of the quaddy. Uh, the McNamara Memorial Trotters Cup, which is basically the Geelong Trotters Cup. I'm with the uh, the great Gregory Sugars. I think this horse won overall. Is I think when he's on the job and his mind's on the job and he's in the mood, he's got the capacity to be right up there at the top of the tree, one overall. So I've got him on top comfortably over uh, Hopeful Beauty and... And Baltica, I, I love Baltica, and she's very, very good, but I wonder whether one overall, when he's in the mood, might not be something uh, a bit unique. Race six, Yabby Dam Farms Trot, tough race, but just watch interview race. Uh, spoke to Duncan McPherson earlier in the week about the proliferation of European-bred trotters in this part of the world. Interview is just a classic European trotter. It's so strong. Um, 
unbelievable gait, strange-looking horse, sort of rolls his head down, and he's got a, these big shoulders, and he looks powerful. He can do things wrong interview, but when he when he feels like it, um, he's Andrew Denton. He's very good in interview. He'll be winning race six, race seven. Geelong pacing cut the big one. I'm with Triple Eight, but gee, there are so many winning chances here. Max Delight from a better trailing draw, MacDan. Uh, Torrid Saints been flying, we know that. If Willie Go West was able to bully his way to the front somehow, he'd have to have a winning hope. And the the chances don't end there. Tango Tar at $26 seems insane to me. Crime Riders at a big price. Um it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a wide open race, that's a long pacing cup. Race eight, I am going with Kowalski and Elsis, even though we didn't get I didn't quite get everything I needed from uh, Tim O'Connor when it came to his little chat with David Lewis as that horse returns from a break and some significant issues from a GI perspective, but he's the best horse in the race and I think he should still be winning. And race nine, the sale to the Mornington Peninsula pace. Coco Mia, another horse resuming for Emma Stewart. Uh, Tyson Linky, this is the connection, which is, of course, the connection between Emma Stewart and... Well, Emma and Tyson have that uh, connection with Encipher. Coco Mia should be winning that race. I would think it has trial well in preparation for its return just over up and about, who looks a, a really interesting type for Warren Green. Um, huge winner at a big price. First up from a break at Warrigal. We'll go for our final break in the first hour. Return pretty soon. And we know what the second hour on Thursdays is like. Michael Guerin will join us off the top straight after 12. And then Jamie Cockshut, hopefully with guest, as we have the Tasmanian Harness Racing segment in the second half of the second half of today's edition of Trot's Life on SEN Track. Welcome to Thursday Trust Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Good afternoon now and welcome back to Trot's Life this Thursday edition. And always on Thursday, we catch up with our man across the Tasman, Michael Guerin. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm well. Yeah, I'm, I'm good, boys. We've got a cracking weekend over here. We've got a beauty. We've got um, really good horses racing tonight at, at uh, Alexandra Park. Horses, you know, like Copy That and, and Hot and Treacherous who are New Zealand Cup bound. Then we have Krug and a couple of his mates watching at Addington tomorrow night. But, of course, everybody's looking forward to uh, Monday, which is going to be massive. We have rock and roll doers in town and a lot of hype has come with them and it's much deserved hype. Um, he's up against Self-Assured, South Coast Art, and a very informed BD Joe and a bunch of good horses on Monday, where they also have stacks of size stakes races and muscle mountains racing. I know people are probably thinking, why is that on Monday? It's actually New Zealand Labor Day, so it's a public holiday. So this is the biggest weekend of harness racing for New Zealand, with the also little bonus of Magician Cruiser, who could be coming to the New Zealand Cup racing in the first at Menangle on Saturday night. It's the biggest point in the weekend to what we're going to see probably in six months, probably since, maybe not six months, but close enough, May 27th when they ran the Auckland Cup. That's the last time we had a weekend as big as this in New Zealand Thomas race. And uh, I know you've been hard at work with so many big races on. Had a chat with Michael Stanley and so much Australian focus will be on that big race on Monday. He's 
uh, I think quite understandably tempering a touch of expectation because the horse hasn't had uh, a great deal of time to get out there and, and do any fast work, but... There is good news among the bad news. He's, he's really happy with where Rock and Roll do's at. Michael Stanley, that is. He settled in well, but whatever we get on Monday, he's got two weeks to get him ready for the major assignment in the New Zealand Cup, Michael. Well, he wins on Monday. The Cup's over. It doesn't matter what happens. If he wins on Monday, he'll just, he'll just blouse him on the Cup. I, I think he deserves to be favourite for the Cup, unless he shows um, reluctance to step safely from the tapes, which I wouldn't suggest, having looked at him. In the parade ring at Melton, he's a very calm horse. He he seems a horse who's very happy in himself. Um, so I think he'll step away. I'm not saying I'll back him on Monday because Ashburton's a brutal, brutal front-running track. It's incredibly hard to make ground at Ashburton. It's probably, alongside Menangle, the fastest track in Australasia. And they sort of run a bit downhill on the home straight. So he might just come out and go absolutely wonderful and run third or fourth, which I've got no issue with. But he's still the horse to beat in the cup, unless we see a reason on Monday where he's not like he loses his marbles out of the standing start or, or he just massively underperforms. I don't think that'll happen. So that's the highlight of Monday. It'll be, it'll be massive. Then you've got Muscle Mountain, who, if he turns up to Melbourne in February in the right form, will win the Great Southern Star. He'll just jog around with the Great Southern Star, unfortunately, because he's just that much better than, than these other horses over a mile. He's a dollar forty, should be a dollar ten and the mile there. And then you've got a whole bunch of really good horses, horses like Beckham, who's actually Australian bred um, in the two-year-old race. Millwood Nike's unbeaten in the two-year-old Phillies race. Um, True Fantasy's back after a heart fibrillation last start. There's just racing all day, Jason, where every time you turn the page, you go, oh, I need to see this, and I need to see this. And there's about two and a half hours of it. So um, for people who either, A, have, the ability to log on at work or B, can skive the afternoon off. If you're a true harness racing fan, it's a, it's a jolly old day. <laughs> I like that, just skive half the day off. That would be uh, that would be the ideal thing to do if you can. And many people just sit at your little cubicle and uh, and throw it up on one of your devices and, and just try to make sure that you just watch out for anyone walking behind you, particularly any bosses. If they're walking behind you, make sure you've got your page ready that you're supposed to be on. And if not, make sure to be watching that uh, that incredible action. Uh, you're taking on um, copy that I read in one of your articles. And, and, and I also want you to talk... Yeah, sorry, I want you to talk to, uh, talk about the, um, the, the dramas with Alexandra Park in Auckland as well. Yeah, so first of all, copy that's racing tonight on 50... He was behind over 2,200, so he'll need a miracle to win. I'm actually backed three against him in the race. I backed three horses at an average of about 10 bucks to give me a 330 three-horse bracket. Um, all the horses off the 20-meter mark, um, uh, Raven Banner, Typo, and uh, I'm not a Paris or something like that. It's one of the early horses. I can't forget his name right now, but I backed all three of them because I reckon one of them will do the job, so that's cool. Um Alexander Park's had a, a really bizarre five years. Like it's it's probably close to the premier harness racing track in Australasia at its best, at its best, because the facilities are so good. The facilities are miles above everything else. You can actually walk from the end of the stables of Alexandra Park to top of the park, which is their VIP area, without ever getting out from undercover. You can walk the entire way without once having any potential to be rained on, which will probably be the only racetrack in the world you could do that. It's an incredible place like that. But they decided five years ago to build a whole bunch of apartments, which was a really good idea until
until the primary contractor, they got stuffed it up and imported the wrong steel from China and it didn't work. So they had the apartments half up and they had to take them down again, which as you can imagine is no small feat. Long story short, they tried to sue the company. They won the ruling. The company was put into receivership. They got a, a deal for $85 million, but they're never going to get it back. And Alexandra Park ended up $120 million in debt, Jeez. which is bad, which is really bad. Um, they've sold a little bit of property. They had a petrol station in the Burger King in one corner. They sold that for a bit. They've sold a piece of land at Alexandra Park for $51.6 million. Still leaves them in the hole, more or less, for about 50 or 60 They have a training track south of Auckland at Mukakaui which doesn't have a lot of horses training there. probably only has 10 professional trainers, and some of them are only very small-time trainers. But they've been offered $100 million by an Asian investor if they can get it rezoned, which they will get. So the members next week have to vote on that. Now, what all this means would be, after a complete and utter stuff-up, uh, which is a good warning to any club who wants to become a property developer, go into a joint venture or sell your land. Don't become a property developer because that's not what racing clubs do. So they're going to probably sell the Pukekohe training track. They'll need to build another build another training track, but they can build a purpose-built one. They can basically go buy someone's stables, a retiring trainer, upgrade the track and buy the property next door and build some stables. That's what they're going to do. And that might lead them to 30 or 40 million in the bank. Up much take off it. 20 million for that, they're worth 20 million in the bank. But what they've done is they've lost every land asset they have apart from Alexandra Park. So I've trimmed a couple of the edges off Alexandra Park, but they haven't lost it. So they got to the stage where the bank could have foreclosed on them. It got that bad. And had they closed Auckland Harness Racing, it would have been a complete disaster for the industry Australasia wide because you can't afford to lose those big metro tracks. If they vote this in next week, which surely they have to, um, then, yes, they've lost all their land. Had they done it better and sold it and developed it that way and not got into debt, they would have $150 million in the bank lot Manangrad. But they didn't do that. There's no point arguing about that. There's no point worrying about it. They need to get out of the hole now as interest rates start to rise. They will have money coming in enough to raise stakes and probably get close to having the best stakes in Australasia again. But there's a massive what-if moment here, Jason. You think yourself, if they hadn't stuffed this up, and there's a couple there's a couple of people involved in who are more guilty than others. They they might have had hundred and fifty million in the bank for selling the same land. They might have even had two hundred million in the bank. Uh, and they would have been racing for thirty five thousand every race. So I'm not saying I would have done any better. I know nothing about property development. One thing I do know is that most property developers go broke. And in this case, mm. I'm just happy Alexander Park, which is about five K from my front door from where I'm talking right now still exist because I don't think we'll ever know just how close you were to the bank saying, right, you're screwed because Alexander Park would be worth $600-$700 million and the bank could have easily foreclosed and then there would have been every property developer in the world trying to get in there. So it came pretty close. It'll be saved. But um, yeah, this is a story which could have been a lot worse but should have been out a lot better. That is it's quite unbelievably um, well articulated from you, Michael. But just a staggering story. Uh, I, I don't look. I don't, I don't want to dig too much deeper. And, and, and there's good news I want to get to in a moment. But in your opinion, at least, was this a case of which we see a lot? I think in life and in organisations of trying to save a few bucks, and it's ended up costing 
a lot of bucks. Well, it's a case of what happens a lot of life is they employ the wrong people. Yeah. I mean, it's all great to have these ideas. The, the person who was in charge of Alexander Park's point of view, that the guy who instigated the idea was a guy called Kerry Hoggard, who understands property would have been great. And very sadly, he died. Um, and that was a big loss to the governance of this project. Then they employed a person um, as chief executive of Alexander Park who had no property experience, and, and that person completely stuffed up the oversight. But then they also got into bed with a development company uh, as a contractor who didn't do the job they wanted. Now, in a joint venture, say, for example, you're building apartments and you get into bed with Quest or Hilton or someone like that, they develop it at no cost to you. You give them the land and you go halves in the profits. That's more or less how a joint venture works. To a, that's to paraphrase it. That's what they should have done. But of course, that might have got them $100 million, but what they wanted was $250 million, and we've all got bigger eyes in the stomach, so we totally understand how that works. But they didn't have the experience necessary to do it. Now, most people who to the show probably own a farm or a house. We understand that. So we own property. But do you want to go building properties? Well, most people who own a property and decide to go building properties stuff it up, particularly the first time. This is the first time they've ever tried to develop a property, and it was a complete stuff up. And it's really sad. It makes me sad. Mm. But there's no point worrying about it. There's more important things in life to me to worry about than that. So I'm not going to worry about it. But I know this could have been a vastly different situation. If Alexandra Park were racing for $40,000 when we raced tonight, would it change my life? No. But would I like going there a lot more than I'm going to going tonight? Yes. But uh, they need to get this debt out of the way now because you can't have $50 million hanging over your head as we do at the moment when interest rates are on the rise. I believe... The interest payments at the moment are five hundred thousand dollars a month. So they have to pay five hundred thousand dollars a month, which, for the kids at home doing the math, is seventeen thousand dollars a day, which means they are paying around eight hundred dollars interest an hour. I can't every day. Yeah, I, so I they, can't. They need to get that debt out of the way. Yeah, I, I, just last word on that uh, because I, I do want to mention uh, something positive from this morning. But there just, there just seems to be a lot of people in the world who. They're good at a few things, and they convince themselves that they they are good at everything because they're good at a few things, whereas um, specialists in certain areas will generally do a better job. Now, this morning at 9am Australian time, a great announcement was made. Um, I know you and I and many people in the media have been involved in uh, reporting on you know, infinite and an infinite number of sponsorship deals, and they usually don't mean a hell of a lot to us, but SEN track coming on, to sponsor the Inter-Dominion series, I think is genuinely exciting. To have a broadcast team like the one we've got here and the, what you've got there in New Zealand that can actually you, – you can actually leverage something off, if you know what I mean. We can do something special having SEN track on board. So generally these announcements don't excite me, Michael, but this one does. Well, I had a lot of experiences this last year when SEN and SENZ – Took a slot in the race by Grins, the slot race in New Zealand. And um, I had discussions with Hutchie to help him secure self-assured who actually won the race. So it was actually a money-making deal for them. But what they did for the race was enormous. Enormous. And they were by far the biggest instigators of information and branding for that race. Without a, without a doubt. Even, not even close. So when you have someone like them come on board for the Inter-Dominion, and they can create that hype, and they can create online content because most harness racing content isn't going to mass distribution. It's not going into, you know, terrestrial television channels, and it's not going into most of the papers. 
once you create online content and good online content and do it well and use informed people rather than just bobbleheads, because the problem with most racing content is a lot of people involved don't know what they're talking about. They've just got a computer and they think they do, but they don't. But once you employ people who know what they're talking about, who get to the track and actually talk to people and have cups of tea with them, then you can do something with that content because you can put it online, which SENZ and SEN do a lot of, and then point people toward it. That's fine. But if you don't have good content, and, and there's so much racing content now and so much of it's crap, that people reading it was just garbage. So you know, I, I think it's really important you have a massively good content provider with a proper platform. And I saw SEN or SENZ, I'm not sure exactly who the, the name sponsor was of the self-assured slot last year. I saw them do a bloody good job. So I've got confidence they'll do a good job here. What it means heading forward for Australasian harness racing, I don't know because if they're taking this bigger footprint in harness racing, I would imagine Hutchie's not going to stop here. I would imagine he's going to keep going. And that can only be good for harness racing because... I, I do think that and Trot's vision aligned with each other, as we saw on Victoria Cup night with you guys working out of the studio there, is a very strong alignment of A, good media management, and B, intelligent presenters who know what they're talking about. Well, uh, I couldn't agree more. I'll, uh, I'll recuse myself from that, but it, it was um, the, the coverage was amazing. And what they did even here for the slot race for the Greyhounds of Phoenix, the promotion is just Incredible. So to have them on board, I mean, I was already excited about the Inter-Dominion series, but I am infinitely more excited. And you know, which is something harness racing has lacked, over the years, there are going to be innovative ideas, and that's exactly what we need. Because as you've mentioned in the past, Michael, in your opinion, and to be honest, it breaks my heart because it wasn't always this way, you don't believe that uh, that the Inter-Dominion Series is any longer the biggest brand, and we do have challenges. It must be a much richer, richer final or much richer finals than they currently are. But with this, with this injection of money, with this injection of support, I wouldn't be surprised if we can get the Inter-Dominion back to where it should be right at the top of the tree. Very much appreciate your time, mate. Enjoy a big weekend, and, and good luck on the punt. Yeah, I've had a couple of goes. I've had a couple of goes this weekend, actually. So uh, I'm going to win money this weekend. I'm very confident about that. That's no issue, just a question of how much. Um, I won't be, uh, yeah, I won't be surprised if we see Rock and Roll do do something good on Monday. But don't worry, punters. He'll be a far better horse November the 8th at Addington. There's Michael Guerin, and he will be winning on the punt, and hopefully we'll all be winning on the punt. When we come back, we're going to go for a short break now. Come back with Jamie Cockshut just for five minutes to get his tips in Tasmania, and then we'll be joined by a guest of his, Brody Davis. This will be the first time we've done a conference call with a kid who's still at school. I'll talk more about it when we come back. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. No, not this week, no, Toby McKinnon, but Jason Bonington is here. My voice just got better for a second. No, it'll, it'll fade again. Don't worry about that. Uh, but importantly, a man who can share the load with me for a few minutes, well, more than that, as a matter of fact, is Jamie Cockshot. How are you, Jamie? 
Not too bad, Jake. How about yourself, buddy? I'm good, thanks, mate. Now, we'll get to the tips for Hobart before the news and then come back with Lonnie. But at about 12.40, we're going to do something unique. We're going to have a chat with a a young man who will be on his lunch break at school. Yeah, well, that's what I thought, mate. It'd be good to get him on because I reckon it'll be just about a first. Um, young Brody Davis, mate, he's been in the game for a long time with his father, Steve. We've been helping out around the traps. And he got his licence about a month ago. I don't think he's driven a winner yet. He's driven a couple of seconds. But, yeah, we'll have a bit of a chat and learn about his journey in the game, mate, and, and why he's committed at such a young age. I'll tell you what, he'll be telling all of his mates what's happening. That's going to be the problem. He's going to, be, he's going to find it very hard to, uh, to concentrate on your questions, Jamie. But we have got five minutes before the news. Let's start with your, your best and your value and your uh, roughie at Hobart, please, mate. Yeah, we, well, it's a pretty tough card at Hobart, to be honest, Jase. Um, you know, there's an old favourite of Goddy racing called IC Double, and he's um, just looks to find the right sort of race. He's drawn four. He'll push forward. He'll either find the lead or he'll sit outside him in the sprint trip suit, so I reckon he can get the job done. Then we go over to race eight, number 10. Please shut up. Yeah, a few people have probably said that to me and you, Jase, over the years. <laughs> you, you, usually when I've been seeing double. Yeah, but um, comes down from an comes down from an angle. Um, finds a very winnable race. If he can't win this race on Friday night, well, he's not going to win many down here, and he looks a pretty good thing in the last. A couple of value race five number three, Zabolski Lee was a pretty good run first up last week. Um, gets a lot better draw. We'll put herself into the race, and yeah, you know, she'll keep plugging away, and she might be able to get the job done around the five dollar mark. And the one at odds is race seven, number two, Henry Hughes. Um, drawn Barry two, he's got gate speed, but he races best when um, driven with a sit, and I reckon that's how they'll drive him this week, but he should be close enough in the run to be able to use that speed at the business end, and he could get the job done around the $10 mark in race seven. All right, so just to repeat those, Hobart best, race four, number four, IC double, race eight, number 10, please, please shut up. Value race five, number three, Zhabovsky Lees, and at odds race seven, number two, Henry Hugh or Henry Hugh. Now, uh, we'll get to Lonnie after the news, but um, you sent me a, a little picture there on the DM on Twitter of a magnificent-looking burger. Is that one of your creations, Jamie, or not? Yeah, mate, it's, it's um, a monster burger. It's around about, what is it, weighs a bit over a kilo, to be honest, Jake. Um um, but yeah, I'm, I'm over here now. I'm having a contest on the weekend about there's six mates going to go hell for leather to see if they can finish it in four minutes. And um, there's a fair bit of money on the line for them. So, you know, they put up a bit of money and they're going to see who's got the brag on us at the end of the end of, end of the um, four minutes. They've got to eat it within four minutes. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty unique to be honest, mate, and just see what they can do. What is, uh, can I ask what's in it? Well, there's 400 grams of beef patty. Jeez. Uh, five rashes of bacon. Four slices of American style of melted cheese. Um, three eggs. Uh, 80 grams of salad, you know, lettuce and all that chopped up and, and everything. Um, about Around about one tomato, like six pieces of tomato sliced up to cover the, you know, to cover the circumference. And the bun actually weighs 220 grams, mate. It's... Um, 20, 22 centimetres in diameter. What, what's, what, what is the current price that nobody's going to get the job done in four minutes? Because I wouldn't mind backing, I wouldn't mind backing a favourite out market here. I reckon no one's going to eat that in four minutes. 
Well, the cost is, well, they sell 480,000 Vietnam, no, well, yeah, <laughs> which works out around about $25 Australian. So I'm happy to, it costs me around about $12.50 to make in Australian terms. So for each of the six competitors, it's going to be around about $100 up for grabs for the winner who can um, polish it off first. But if they don't polish it off in the four minutes, mate, I'll keep the money in my pocket. Well, I'm tipping you're going to keep the money in your pocket. If somebody, well, I want an update on this next week, by the way. We're going for the news right now to find out what's happening in the world. When we come back, we will get the Lonnie tips from Jamie Cockshut, hamburger chef and pie champion uh, in just a moment. And then around 12.40 when he gets out for his lunch break, we're going to be chatting with Brody Davis, who's uh, a young man who's got a great heritage in the game down there in Tasmania. Stick with us on this Thursday edition of Trot's Life on SEN Track, the new sponsor of the Inter-Dominion Series here in Victoria. You're listening to Thursday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Hello and welcome back to Trot's Life. Every single Thursday, um, Taz Racing have a segment with us here on Trot's Life where Jamie Cockshut joins us and gives us his best and also generally an interview. And that will be with a young man who will be having his lunch break in about eight minutes called Brody Davis. But for now, we need to find out what the tips are from you, Jamie, for Launceston. And there's one extra best bet here. Uh, it's a pretty good card at Launceston, Jason. We've got the heats of the Sire Stakes series coming up. Um, there's a heat this week and there's a heat the following week and the finals in a, in a few weeks, mate. Um, Longfellow comes back to Tasmania where he took out the three-year-old size last season in the Easter Cup. So he's going to go around prohibitive odds in the race six, um, the first heat of the four-year-old size of the Raiders stake. He'll be $1.10 and you know, he should be able to get the job done. But um, you can't tip $1.10 ten pops is your best bet. But we'll start in race one, mate. Number seven, Diamonds and Cash. Been very consistent since coming across from Victoria, and this is probably the the easiest open class race he's found. He's drawn seven. Mark will push the button early. He'll push forward, and uh, if you don't find the lead, he'll find the deaf seat, and they'll look to control it from there. And I reckon he's a good bet in the first. We should get two forty, two fifty, I think, and he's a backable at those odds. We go over to race two, number one, the Brooklyn Brawler. Um, he comes across from Victoria a couple of years out of the game, but. Um, Christian and Mark Butler done a great job with this horse first up. He got the job done at the six or seven dollars, God bless him. We won't be getting those sort of odds this week. He's drawn the pole, he looks the leader. Um, despite a slight rise in class, he'll get the job done. Let's just hope they put up, you know, two dollars, flip the coin odds and he's a good gamble as well. And over to race eight, number one, Queen of Dance. I've been waiting for her to draw a decent barrier because she races best in front. Um, she'll lead and I really think she'll win, and let's you know they should put up three fifty four dollars early. Whether she starts those sort of odds, I'm not one hundred percent sure, but you know she's a good gamble as well. The value play comes up race four. He's probably not value, but he'll be over the odds that I've got him marked. Um, race four, number eight, magician. Um, we got last season's good two year old Mickey O resuming, and magician who's in fine form. He's drawn inside the second line, so he'll go around three fifty four dollars magician from that draw. And, he just needs a little bit of luck, especially with race fitness on his side, and he'll take it right up to Mickey Owen, what looks a very good race. And that's the first heat of the three-year-old size, the Globe Derby. The one at odds comes up, race 10, number eight, military man. Drawn to follow the likely leader, um, or worse, three pegs. And he was good last time, and, you know, saving the ground on the pegs if the gaps open up. Don't be surprised to see him get out of the top of the straight and hit the line 
you know, pretty strongly, and he'll give a good side at double figure odds. We've got a quaddy, mate. Pretty skinny, to be honest. First leg, 3, 4, 7, 10, 11, and 12. Second leg, 3, 1 out. Third leg, 2, 1 out. Last leg, 1, 1 out. $24 to give us 400% of the dividend. And we'll go on another one. A bit of insurance in the last leg. Um, we'll add numbers 2, 3, 6, and 9. You know, $36 outlay will give us 150% of the dividend. Just quickly, uh, we've discussed this before, but when you're doing, so you've just got the one stagger there, basically, and it's down to the last leg, and we're looking for, for some value in the first leg, obviously, where we're playing wide. Is it largely, when you're working out exactly how much um, to outlay on a, on a main quaddy as opposed to a stagger, is it down to your your um, your allotted prices? Is it largely instinctive? How do you work it out, Jamie? That's more like, the, like I think Queen of Dance would be the, you know, when the quality approximates come out, she'll be clearly the favourite on the dividends. You know, just say example, say two hundred dollars, and I think the others will probably be around the six or seven hundred dollars. So more or less, just cover me the approximate dividend that I'm hoping for that that it'll actually win. You know, so that's why I, I stagger it out like one fifty percent or two hundred percent for some and four hundred percent for others, and it just depends, mate. But I try and get the same sort of return no matter which horse wins the last leg, whether I've got to take one yeah. horse for a 500% or 200 and just, just stagger it like that, mate. But, you know, I try to get the same sort of dividend. And that's how I've always done it, mate, and I've done well over the years doing it. So, so you just getting one in, you know, for 50% when you've got the favourite paying $100, you're only going to get 50 bucks back. So you've got to have that, you know, for probably five or six times or whatever the, the punter out there can afford to make... You know, to capitalise on the dividend, mate. There's absolutely no doubt it's the right way to play quaddies. And uh, that's interesting for the punters at home. I, I talk about stacking quaddies a lot, but it, try and get your combinations so that you're going to get a decent collect out of everything. The whole idea isn't necessarily to hedge or stagger those quaddies so that you'll just you somehow, you know, clear your expenses. You're trying to work it out so that you're going to get a decent collect no matter which combination gets the job done. We'll go for a break again. Come back. Brody Davis will be on the line with Jamie Cox up when we return. You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Now it's Jason Bonington and Jamie Cockshart running uh, Trots Live today. And Michael Guerin and Greg Sugars and Tim O'Connor and others. Uh, it's a cast of thousands. And Brody Davis now. Um, hello, young man. You're on you're on Trots Live here nationwide. And you're on your lunch break, are you? Uh, yes, Jason. Oh, I am on the lunch break. Have you told have you told all your mates are you being crowded around while you're doing this interview or you you've been able to shake the tag? Nah, I got away from Nah, I got away from him for the five minutes. All right, Brady, I'm going to hand you over to Jamie for the next uh, <laughs> seven or eight minutes. Jamie, um, I would say be kind with him, but he sounds pretty confident to me. No, he's a pretty confident cool young fellow, mate. He's been around the trust for a fair few years, and yeah, it's just great to see him finally get his chance to to drive against his, you know, his, his idols, I suppose. He's grown up watching the Rattrays and the Hilliers and the Duggans and the Fords and all that drive, and I suppose it's just good to for him to finally get out there and compete against them and burn as much as he can, mate. Yes, how you been, Brody? You all right, mate? Yes, yeah, sorry. So, so where do you yeah. go to school at Colo for the listeners out there? Uh, so I'm Brendan Shaw College in Devonport. 
Oh, yeah, no, that's, that's all right, mate. How's the weather up the northwest coast? Yeah, very nice, warm, sunny, not many clouds around, so good weather. Oh, that's good, mate. So we'll, we'll, we'll touch on your intro, introduction to the industry. You obviously followed into Dad's footsteps. Dad's a, a dual co-trainer. He trains a few gallopers. I, I don't know if he still does now, does he, Brody? But he's had a bit of yeah, success over the years with the gallopers. Yeah, got a few young gallopers in work now. Just babies coming along, so they should be coming around all right in the next couple of years. So are you interested in the gallopers as well as the harness horses? Yeah, I really like both codes. Um, they're very different, the horses. They're a bit more hot-headed and that, but they're really nice to get along with too. Yeah, so we'll touch on them, mate. You've been driving, geez, I reckon, the pony trots for the last... Oh, how many years have you been coming through the pony trots for? Oh, yeah, about 10 years, roughly. <laughs> no, I thought so. I've seen your name in the pony trots for years, mate. We'll get into yeah. the horses, mate. Like, that's it. Dad's had a few nice horses, as as you know, and um, which one is the sta- one of the stable favourites? You know, there's two that comes to mind in my eyes, but I'll get your version and see what you think. Yeah, well, the best horses we've probably had have been Modern Ruler and Black Centurion over the past years. Yeah, no, they're the two that come to mind, mate. <laughs> yeah, they're just great horses to have at the time, and Black Centurion really suited the and start races that we have in Tassie and Modern Ruler went on to do great things in Sydney. Yeah, no, Black Centurion, he's been an old marvel, mate. He's done a great job on the country cup circuit. He's, I reckon, for five or six years. He's he grand places in Devonport Cup. He's won Scottsdale Cups. I think he's won a St Mary's Cup, has he too, Brody? Yeah, he won two St Mary's Cups. Uh, yeah, Scottsdale and... No, he's been a good old horse. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the driving. You had a oh, you probably had about ten or twelve drives, have you, mate? You you did run second yeah, one night, very close. You ran a couple of places, and um, a win's not far away. So we'll touch on two on Sunday night. You're driving Major Davin for Dad. Um, he's racing a fair bit out of his class, but one thing about him, he'll keep plugging away. Yeah, he's a horse that can just keep running at one pace, so he'll always be in the race. Um, he's a bit out of his class there and with a tough draw we'll just have to see how he comes out of the gate and see what happens from there but should should be running good yeah then we'll move over we'll move over to um, one of your later drives in race 8 you're going Stevie Jolt um, he's a consistent type and he's going to win one of these races pretty soon he just needs the, the brakes to come his way during the run and with a bit of luck from Barrier 5, and, you know, he can be killed up and, and get the last sort of crack at him. He's not without some sneaky chance at odds. Uh, yeah, he's a tough horse. He should be have a decent chance as long as he can get an easy run and get out late. And then we'll move over to, to a drive that's, that's pretty interesting for me. You're driving Kiwik. He's a horse I've always had a lot of time for. Uh, trained by Rachel Williams, so it's good to get an outside drive for you for yourself, mate. Um, he's got plenty of ability, and at his best, he would just about win this race. Um, but yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how he fronts up. To, but have you got any inside information how he's going back at home? Yeah, well, since he's come back from Melbourne, he's I've been told he's been going working pretty well. 
So with that tough draw, we'll just have to sit in and hope we can get a card into it, and he should be there in the finish. And then we'll go back to race nine, the consistent bowl centurion, draw on the pole. If if you if you can just kick up and oh, even hold the top, you know, he'll just keep plugging away. He's not there to sneak his chance because it's a race that's not overly strong. And one thing about him, he'll just keep kicking. Yeah, if he can kick up and either lead or lob leaders back, he'll be there in the finish. He's got an okay sprint over the, up the straight, so he should, if he's better leader and can get out, he should nearly win this race. Yeah, no, he's been knocking on the door for a while, as we know, mate. But um, so just get out there. Obviously, Mum and Dad's had a big influence on your career. Yeah, they've had a huge influence in my career for the well, forever, really. Um, just growing up around horses, I'd always wanted to do it, and now you that I'm able to drive, it's just you're living a dream, really. Yeah, that's great, mate. Just out of the local drivers, which one, which, which is a you know, couple that you really look up to or you've, you've tried to model yourself on? Well, Gareth Rick and Todd, they've probably been the best drivers for the past few years. And then the drivers that have left the state and done wonderful things, Jack Law and Alex Ashwood, they're probably the people you model yourself on from home. Yeah, you're exactly right, mate. You're exactly right. So how's the four drives you got on a Sunday night, mate? Which one are... I know you're not old enough to gamble, so we've got to be careful here, but uh, which one are you going to put the put a put a 50 cents each way on out there for the listeners? Uh, Bold Centurion should be able to get a close run and should be able to get out and get run past, so he'd probably be the one you'd put the money on. Uh, well, there you go, listeners. You lead, you lead, you know, ten or twelve to one bold centurion, and you know, young Brody's pretty riding his, his assumption because he can sprint quickly when he's held up for you know a late little dash at him. And let's just hope the gaps open up at the top of the straight, Brody, and you poke your head through, mate, and you get your first winner because I'm sure um, it'll be a feeling you'll never forget, mate. So it's been an absolute pleasure no. getting you on, mate, and during your lunch break and all that. So we better let you go and get a bit of tucker into you. And um, yeah. uh, all the best over the weekend, mate, and, and coming months and coming years, buddy. Yeah, thanks very much, Jamie. Thanks, mate. Well done to young Brody Davis. He's got to go and get his lunch now. There's a beautiful thing there, Jamie. Will, everyone will have been to the tuck shop, to the canteen, to the cafeteria. He might get a clear run in it now. Yeah, well, he might do, mate. He might be right, mate. Hopefully there's some good pies up the northwest coast, Jase. I don't know what the pies are like up the northwest coast, but let's hope he can find a decent one, mate. That's for sure. They bred him pretty, but, mature, um, they bred him pretty oh, mature down there, wasn't it? Like, he spoke well. Man, a few words, but i tell you what, he spoke very well, as you always do, Jamie. It's been great catching up with you again, and we'll talk next, uh, next Thursday. But in between now and then, good luck on the punt, and good luck ensuring those blokes don't eat that hamburger in under four minutes. Nah, that should be right, mate. It'd be it'd be good good a good watch, put it that way. Well, I tell you what, I wish I was there, I wouldn't mind having a crack at it myself. There's Jamie Colchard, it's been another great edition <laughs> of Trot's Life. Hopefully you've enjoyed Trackside coming up, and I'll be back for the Thursday night grand final Lids fly at six PM au revoir.
You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Today's odds update for Palmerbet. Get bolt-in benefits this racing carnival with great odds, more markets and great value at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1800 858 858. Yeah, let's get into it. And what a and what is no better way to be honest to start with our man Lee Dalton from Palmerbet. Get bold in benefits this racing carnival. Great odds, more markets, great value at Palmerbet. Always gamble responsibly. Hello, buddy. Good afternoon, Cam. How are you going, mate? I'm psyched. It is a big day of racing right around the nation. Let's start with it. Hawkesbury in the first. Let's start early because the Palmerbet punters are keen. The early bird gets the worm, and there has been a big going race. One, it's the Headstock. Uh, $9.50 into $5 now. Very consistent type. Had the three placings and five outings. Strikes what looks a pretty skinny maiden as well. This will be the firmer surface that uh, he's seen, and that could be the reason maybe this is a bit of a push from connections that will jump out of the ground on a good track today. Can't wait for it as well as we get to the second. I like the Palmerbet punters are up and about. They might have got out of bed a little earlier today because they're focusing early at Hawkesbury. Definitely on the go early, and uh, race two, we have a pretty unique situation here where uh, the second favourites replaced the favourite quite clearly. The second favourite was Kawadi, 370, paying into $2.50. And it's taken over from Baranoff, who's drifted from 225 at the three. Kahawadi led first up in a strong maiden at Canterbury, gets on pace, and that's always a big plus. Beautifully done. Let's go a little bit later in the day because there is one from the price stable again that the money has come for. They do a terrific job, Robert and Luke Price, down at uh, Kembla Grange. Nice guys too. And the money's landed for Satinus. $8 into 460 Like we said about race one, very consistent type. This one's only had the one win from 17 starts on. That could be behind why the price went up so big. But it's mapped to get the perfect run, and there's definitely plenty of money around for it. Beautifully done. Let's get to Ballarat today. Running on a good track, which is going to be fun. A little bit rare in Ballarat, but still fun to get involved. And Godolphin are set for a big weekend, and they can fire it up today in the fifth of Ballarat. Absolutely. I don't think this could be considered an on-trader, Adamo, <laughs> but uh, maybe it's a little light drink before they rip into the Cox Plate. Uh, planned is the one. $7 into five. Off the back of some pro punter money too, so that's worth noting. Obviously a real staying type. Made her debut over the mile. Stays at that trip today. Takes on the older horses, but reading between the lines, uh, this could be a bit of a uh, oats filly in the making here if runs well today. Could progress to the wake full and then into the oats, which is always a race where these lightly raced types can do something. Hey, we all love Lindsay Smith here at SEN Track, and there's one later in the day that the Palmer Bed punters are into. Uh, the punters' pal, Uncle Lindsay, they love getting around him, and Bellini Miss has been $8 into five fifty. Been getting back over the 1200 so far this prep. Today, 1400 drawn well, money landed. It's a pretty good recipe with Lindsay, isn't it? It most certainly is. Now, I'm going to throw you under a little bit of a bus here, but... Uh... The Cox Plate, mate, do you have it in front of you anywhere? Can you have a quick little look? Has there been any Palmer bet money or changes in the market in the last sort of 12 or so hours? Uh, I'm going to pull the market up for you right now. Uh, I've just got to While you do that, don't forget, Saturday. get bold in benefits. This racing carnival with great odds, more markets and great value at Palmer bet. Always gamble responsibly. If you're having some issues, 1-800-858-858. Make sure you do call Gambler's Help, mate. Uh, Cox Plate. Yes, Cox Plate. So the big market mover early has been Zaki, and I'm not really uh, warming to that theory. We uh, we bet $5 into $4 now. I just thought from Barrier 1, going to have to do a little bit of work. 
there's a real pushback against Animo here. Uh, after being as short as evens early in the week, we put up 225 out to $2.40 now. Uh, the other one I have to tell you about is the bottom one, Al Bogdan. There's mm. a lot of blokes tipping this big, $10 into seven fifty. I'm saying if the wraps are as big as what I'm hearing, it should be starting second favourite here, not Saki. Yeah, I think Ollie's going to push forward as well and what's going to be a fairly truly run Cox Plate come Saturday. Lee, as always, mate, love your work. We'll talk again tomorrow. Thank you very much, Cam. Chat tomorrow. Lee Dalton from Palmerbet. Get bold in benefits this racing carnival with great odds, more markets and great value at Palmerbet. Always gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1800 858 858. SEN app is